Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Fast Money starts right now. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Steve Grasso, Brian Kelly, Jeff Mills, and Bono and Eisen. Tonight on Fast, after big tech's big sell-off this week, the chart master is looking at a few stocks that are flashing real warning signs. We'll tell you what they are and why you might want to get out. Plus, home building stocks have been on a tear with the ITB ETF doubling since its March lows. But there's one name in the space that's poised for even bigger wins. We'll tell you what it is. And Friday night at 5 o'clock means only one thing. Happy hour. We'll crack open a cold one with a stock that's got a nice buzz going tonight. We start off with, well, you know, it's Friday. We like games. We'll start off with a game. It's called Market Jeopardy. With an action-packed week ahead, we thought this would be the perfect time to play this game. Here it is. The final Market Jeopardy answer tonight. The most important event for the markets next week. Now, remember, the rule is you have to phrase your response in the form of a question or it might not count. The stakes are high here. We're not very good. We don't have a very good track record with following rules when it comes to games. So, BK, we'll start off with you. Set the tone. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, I'll set the tone, Alex. Um, so uh, what, how do I play this game? I just I just blurt out an answer. Or I say, what's the most important thing? Yes, that, that's how it oh. works. Uh, Have you not seen Jeopardy? What? So what? No, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm more of a Wheel of Fortune guy. It's a lot easier game. Um, anyway, what is the stimulus bill? That That is my answer, Melissa. And, I, and I'll tell you why. The reason that that's my answer is because I think a lot of people are just kind of uh, writing that off. They think, okay, we're getting this back and forth. There's, this is how the sausage is made. But ultimately, they're going to come to an agreement. And I think there's actually not much of an incentive for the Democrats to come to an agreement on this, given this election year. And so I think that could be the wild card in this. What happens if we don't get a stimulus bill, in your view, Brian Kelly? And what do you what do you do? I, I yeah. So I'm extremely cautious going into this. I think we could see a lot of volatility in the market. And by volatility, I mean it goes lower. You look at some of the tech stocks and what stocks did today. They're certainly broken some patterns. Uh, there's a lot of fragility in, in intermarkets and bonds and commodities and gold. But for me, I stick with the gold and silver trade uh, because the way I look at it is that, number one, we do have the Fed next week. If anybody thinks that they're not going to add more ink to the printer when it's needed, uh, then you're, you're not paying attention. And then number two, if we don't get the stimulus, then the Fed's going to have to print some more money. So I think ultimately gold and silver benefit from it. How much does the market, Jeff Mills, I mean, guesstimate here, obviously, go down if there's no stimulus bill? I, it, it's so hard to know. I mean, I would think if there was no stimulus bill, it would be good for maybe a 10 percent pullback, I would say, conservatively. I mean, think about the income hole that we've been filling. You know, incomes have been higher post virus than pre-virus. You've had spending and everything hold up okay. But if we don't get this stimulus bill that's able to continue to put money in people's pockets, then consumer sentiment's going to roll over. And I think you're going to have general issues with the overall economy because let's face facts, 
The unemployment rate is still unusually high. You still have 17 million people unemployed. So we need this for asset prices to continue to maintain the levels that they are, because right now I think it's a big part of the calculus. Okay. Steve Grasso, what is your yes, question? So I would say, what is large cap tech earnings? Because for me, the, we have to see that switch. You've never seen the chasm between growth and value be as wide as it is right now. So for me, how would you position that? I, I mentioned the other night when I was on air that I sold my Apple and I sold my Microsoft last week. I doubled up on a lot of my value plays. So I wound up buying TSE, WRK, OLN, and I think that's the biggest question for the market. We know what the Fed is going to do, to Brian Kelly's point. We sort of know what that stimulus plan is going to look like. Um, if we don't get it, 15% down would be my guess that you asked Mr. Mills. And, and I think that there's a vested interest in both Democrats and Republicans not looking like the bad guys in the marketplace. Did you see, there's one day next week where we get Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet. What a crazy, that's gonna be a crazy night on fast. Um, Bonowin, some might argue that the setup for big tech earnings is even better after the big pullback that we saw this week in advance of those earnings. Uh, yeah, so sticking to the rules of the game, I think I'm gonna go for the gusto here and go for the daily double. Um, and my question or answer or <laughs> Quancer is um, what are stimulus and GDP figures? I think the GDP figures are going to shine a little bit more insight into what exactly economic activity is and what the breakdown thereof is as well. I think the, the details, the devil will be in the details as it pertains to the stimulus bill. I think BK, uh, Mills, Grasso have all hit on it. Uh, really, we're going to need to see um, how much of the, the unemployment benefit is going to be continued, what small businesses exactly are going to qualify for PPP, what other restrictions might be put on large companies. And the way that I'm playing it, given that, as they've, again, very adeptly pointed out, the Fed is going to continue to print money left, right, or center. I think that bodes well for precious metals. And again, you know, I hate to, to hop on the bandwagon, but it's, it's clearly the right train to be on. And the home builders are also set up nicely. I mean, you saw Pulte's earnings yesterday. You've got them. They're in a unique situation with um, uh, specifically to home builders because they serve a, a slightly higher niched market. Those consumers are a bit more insulated from shocks and with the low rate environment and giving that we've all been talking about stretch valuations across asset classes. It's really a, a case of where else do you put your money? Bono is in the penalty box, by the way, for creating his own rule. I mean, you can't. I said, what is the biggest the biggest market event for the week? It's not plural. It's singular. And you did plural. Jeff Mills, we'll go straight to you then, because I, I feel like you can play by the rules here. Yeah, I, and I'm an avid watcher of Jeopardy, so I, I, I've got this. And I will say, what is the Fed meeting? And, you know, I'm going last but not least. And it's sort of an unloved topic that nobody's talking about. But I do think it's important. You will get a little bit of an assessment of economic conditions. I think that'll still be cautious. But the big thing is the balance sheet. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that the balance sheet started to peak and roll over a little bit at the beginning of June, along with stock. So I think we'll get a little bit of color in the press conference. And I think what that will look like is the Fed saying, we are not going to let the balance sheet shrink. In fact, we are likely to do more. And I think the implications of that are 
rate staying low and the dollar rolling over and maybe taking a little bit of the momentum out of the cyclical trade that we have seen. Because if you look at value, if you look at industrials, small cap, mid cap, they are all losing momentum right at that downward sloping 200 day moving average, just like we saw at the beginning of June. So what do you do? Number one, I would look to staples. I think staples are obviously levered to low rates. I think they hold up better if things get a little bit dicey. So I definitely think you can look there. They're also levered to a lower dollar. They have the third highest international revenue exposure in the S&P. I agree with Bonneman. You look to home builders. I think that's a low rate play that continues relative performance against the S&P continues to break out. And more stimulus means you keep buying gold. Uh, Grasso, are you worried about what Jeff said, that a lot of the sectors that you rotated into look like they may be rolling over? Yeah, totally. But I had... Uh, at, at the risk of sounding, you see how I'm hesitating here. I, I, I had such large gains in the uh, in the tech space that I feel as if I didn't want to push the trade a little too hard. Where will tech go from here? Where does an Apple or a Microsoft go from here? Longer term, I think higher, but they're so high already and so overbought. And all these value plays are trading at trough valuations. So my downside is limited there. I'd rather be a buyer of that than, buy, than holding on a limited upside. All right, well, let's get some uh, more analysis on tech. It'll be an, a big week, as we had mentioned, for tech earnings. The sector, though, already hit hard this week. Carter says there are a few names in the space that are flashing even bigger warning signs. Carter, take it away. Well, it was a bad week for tech. I mean, not fatal, but tech uh, worst sector on the week. And what we also know is we're approaching a record that was only set one time before, which is to say uh, the sector, S&P 500 technology, has now gone uh, 96 sessions without having three down days in a row. The longest stretch ever was 108. It was in uh, the July to December period of 2004. And after it ended, tech dropped 15%, twice the rate of the market drop in the period. But anyway, let's look at a few charts. So what we know is that a key tech stocks and by inference tech sectors tech aggregates are all uh, breaking trends so the first is apple apple's a tremendous performer we know it's up 26 percent year to date but you can see there in that chart the well-defined trend line uh, in effect since the march low and the break of trend take a look at microsoft it's really the same chart it's really the same circumstance uh, an important stock and these two make up 25 percent of course of the nasdaq 100 but a break in trend now, the socks, next chart, nothing to do with Apple and Microsoft. Again, same circumstance, a well-defined uptrend line in effect since the March low, and now a breach, a break of trend. And so if we see this in certain leading areas, then we see it in aggregate. So the next chart is the technology sector, the S&P 500 technology sector, uh, having a great year, of course, up 15%. But here, too, if the big constituents break trend, the sector you see here is breaking trend. And then... Uh, one, two more. Take a look at the NASDAQ composite itself, the entire aggregate, if you will, dominated uh, to a large extent by technology, breaking trend. And then the final chart, of course, the NASDAQ 100, which is the marquee names, the biggest and best, driven by Apple and Microsoft, the first two we looked at. And what do we see? The exact same circumstance. So uh, is this the beginning of a more meaningful give back? The tech sector is down on a three, four-day basis, Tuesday was the peak, right, 6%. Drawdowns of 10 and 12 are perfectly normal in high-flying, uh, sort of higher uh, excitement stocks that are embraced, crowded, 
loved, and uh, the presumption is this break-in trend is not over. What outperforms in tech's stead while tech is on this 10 to 15 percent pullback? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I think that what we know is that in great periods, there's a lot of autocorrelation, right, that, that uh, sort of they all behave the same. What I would be looking for are just uh, one-off idiosyncratic names that aren't tied to the aggregates, because is it the tail that wags the dog? Is it just people selling a QQQ and then the, the big stocks get caught up in it or vice versa? I, I would say semis, and yet we saw what happened to Intel today. And so it, it's, it's picking your own favor, whether it's Team or Okta, one of these high flyers that's maybe on its own. Two I like in particular would be Now and Salesforce.com, CRM. All right, Carter, thank you. We'll see you later on Options Action. Carter Braxton worth at Cornerstone Macro. Brian Kelly, do you like any of Carter's uh, suggestions there? So I like ServiceNow. I mean, that stock has just been absolutely on fire. CRM would be another one that he mentioned in there. So I think if you want to try to hide in some place, again, you know, if the market's going to go down 15%, almost all stocks are going to go down, right? But I still like these kind of cloud plays. I think they continue to do well. I mean, alternatively, you can, Jeff, I think, mentioned uh, the staples. You know, if we are going to get the sell-off, we could be, it could be precipitated by a weaker dollar. Mm -hmm. So maybe they get some tailwind on that. Um, so that's the way that I would kind of play this and hide out. I thought it was interesting that the chart master didn't say, you know, this sector will outperform when tech underperforms or when tech has this pullback. He said it's going to be idiosyncratic names, Jeff Mills. Um, because you don't know if this is the sign of weakness for the broader markets or a sign of weakness just for this particular sector. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think I mentioned it at one point. I didn't really give you a great answer because I'm concerned about the cyclical trade. I mentioned that it's losing momentum at its downward sloping resistance. But then on the other hand, you have all of this crowding that took place in tech. So the question is, where do you go? What do you do? I, I think about semiconductors as an example, and I think about an Intel where the quarter actually wasn't awful, and now you sort of know what's wrong, and the stock very quickly priced in a 15% decline, and now it's trading at a valuation at 10 times forward earnings, where the stock has been well supported over the past couple of years. So again, looking idiosyncratically at certain names that may have already been punished and you can get a good valuation, that may be a good strategy. I think interestingly for us and the way we're positioned at Brimar Trust, I think about our three largest holdings, and they are Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft, but they are also our three biggest underweights relative to the benchmark. So when you think about that and trying to maintain some diversification in a market where the index is just getting more and more lopsided. Bono, and do you like um, Intel considering where it's pulled back to? I mean, the, the context, of course, is that the Nasdaq 100, along with the break in trend, I mean, it, it's sitting at a valuation, a PE, that is the highest in two decades. So am I out of the penalty box now? Yeah, yeah. Me calling on you and allowing you to speak is you out of the penalty box. <laughs> you, you might actually yes, be back in it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit uh, cautious on Intel. Listen, it, the stock has rolled over 15 16%. Um, it's broken its trend. And, yes, we can speak to valuation and I'm not going to knock that whatsoever. However, I'm going to be following the trend until I find a support level. I'm, I'm going to have to stick on the sidelines. All right. Coming up moments ago, President Trump signed an executive order aimed at Big Pharma. What does this mean for the health of the healthcare sector? Full report on that straight ahead. Plus, it's always five o'clock here on Fast Money every day. And what better way to kick off the weekend than with the stock that is truly bubbling higher? What is the buzz on this name? Stick around to find out. More Fast Money straight ahead. 
Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Welcome back to Fast Money. President Trump signing an executive order, or actually a few of them, aimed at lowering drug prices. Meg Terrell's got all the details. Meg. Hey, Melissa, he actually signed four executive orders, which was one more than everybody was expecting. And the extra order is actually one that's favorable to the pharmaceutical industry. So let's walk through what he is promising here. Uh, the first order promised discounts be passed through on insulin and EpiPens. The second is about drug importation from Canada, where drugs are priced more cheaply. The third is that bonus one to the drug industry, this change in rebates that are paid to pharmacy benefits managers. There will be some change in the way those are paid that they're applied directly to the drugs at the pharmacy counter, which the pharma industry wanted, but bad for those PBMs. And fourth uh, is what's known as reference pricing to other countries or most favored nation status. Now, this is one that the president says won't take place for 30 days, and he's inviting drug industry executives to the White House on Tuesday to basically try to hash out a deal to avoid him uh, implementing this order. Uh, I've been reaching out to pharma companies all afternoon to see who's going. Nobody yet has an answer for me, and we'll get back to you on that. Uh, but the industry trade groups are starting to weigh in on this. Bio, which represents the biotech industry, saying, quote, while we strongly support today's action to help report, reform a broken rebate system and ensure savings provided by drug makers are passed along to patients, adopting foreign price controls by executive fiat will cripple the small innovative companies developing the vaccines and therapies that will help end this pandemic. A similar statement coming from Pharma, which represents the bigger pharmaceutical companies. They say they've been working around the clock to develop therapeutics and vaccines to treat and prevent COVID-19. And the administration's proposal is a reckless distraction that impedes our ability to respond to the current pandemic. So Mel really focusing there on their role in trying to develop vaccines and drugs. Meanwhile, the stocks that we really saw kind of move on this and they didn't move very much were those pharmacy benefits manager stocks like CVS, United Health, and Cigna, which owns Express Scripts. Back over to you. Um, Meg, one of these executive orders basically paves the way for the importation of drugs from Canada, lower price drugs. Yes, although a lot of folks are saying that will be very difficult to implement. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of the reaction I'm hearing across the, the drug industry atmosphere right now. It's just that President Trump has tried a lot of these different things. None of them has really stuck. It already seems like he's backing off the fourth executive order. So you're not seeing drug stocks react very strongly to this because there's just sort of a lot of disbelief that any of this will really have a major impact on them. All right, Meg, thank you. Meg Terrell. Um, you got to think that this is an election year. Uh, this really kind of sets the tone, uh, Grasso, in terms of what will be an issue come election year. What will Joe Biden put forth to, to counter what President Trump is trying to do? Because lowering drug prices, I mean, that, that sells in America. Everybody wants to pay less for drugs. I was just going to say it's a bipartisan issue. So what we've all commented on on, the, on this show uh, here and there is that with the pandemic, it seemed as though the bullseye on the back of pharma and biotech what was or had been erased short term. This is a sign that it's still there. So when you see the IBB in the last couple of days drop 7.5%, that's an awakening. When you see pharma stocks drop, that's an awakening. For me, I would just play it with a muted ETF, the same way that I was playing 
The IBB right now, the 50-day moving average is 135.75. Wait for that to hold. It's above it right now, but it tapped it, and then it bounced above. Wait for it to hold, but there's still a bullseye on the back of all of these names on a political front. Brian Kelly? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Grasso in that there's a bullseye. It becomes an issue. Now it's actually both sides of the aisle this is going to be an issue for. So I think these stocks are challenged. I actually think it, it goes to what would happen to the stock that, they, that finds the vaccine. Are they going to be able to charge any price? So I think for those playing biotech or any of those names, thinking, you know, making the bet that one of those companies is going to come out and get the vaccine and be able to charge a high price, I don't think that's going to happen, whereas I think it's probably better if you get a vaccine to just buy the broad market or cyclicals rather than biotechs. I don't think you're going to be able to charge what you, what you need to. All right, coming up, investors are seeing double-digit gains in this stock. What's so intoxicating about this thing? We've got the details next and later. Looking to construct your portfolio with a sturdy home trade. One of our traders sees a rally building. More on that ahead. We are back in two. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out Boston Beer topping the tape today. Shares bubbling over 25% after the company reported a monster earnings beat thanks to strength in its truly hard seltzer and twisted tea brand. So do the gains keep flowing while people continue to be holed up at home and are apparently drinking while they're home? Um, Bono, and I, I hear through the grapevine that you have uh, firsthand knowledge of some of these products. <laughs> um, you know, I love the products. I mean, if you kind of look out of the whole uh, competitive landscape that's going on in the food sector and, and like sectors, you're seeing a rotation into like health conscious consumption, whether it's uh, calories being explicitly stated on menus or whether it's a vegan burger at some of the fast food chains. I, I think this is a trend. I mean, when the bars open, you saw people like a glut of consumption there. Those got closed. Um, I'm in trouble in the penalty box. I've got nothing to do but drink my sorrows away. And I can be health conscious and calorie conscious while I do it. Nothing not to like about it. I guess the hard seltzer over Excuse the beer. Excuse the slurs. <laughs> the hard seltzer over the beer, uh, <laughs> Jeff Mills. I mean, the question, though, is will these consumption patterns continue as the economy reopens? Is there sort of um, a, a premium to the, some of these products? So if the economy worsens, this is, uh, you know, an area in the budget that gets cut back. That's part of my concern. If you listen to the CEO of Boston Beer, he basically said that people are now buying 38% more alcohol. I don't know that that continues forever. And I also think in this space, although it's really popular, there's a ton of competition. I was at the beach last weekend, and there was Truly in the cooler, but there was also High Noon, White Claw, Corona Seltzer. I mean, there's a lot going on here. And now with this company trading at 56 times forward earnings, I think it's just emblematic of the hysteria that goes on in this market. When people see growth, I don't think it holds. I like your cooler, Jeff Mills. Uh, time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Bono and Eisen, what do you say? Up and to the right. Strong trend, XHB. General Mills. Talked about home builders. DR Horton is one I like. I think it continues to benefit from low rates, and it plays in that lower, de high demand, low price home space. So I think it keeps going higher. DR Horton. Steve Grasso. 
Trinseo, TSE. I cannot pound the table hard enough that this one is undervalued. TSE. Huh. Brian Kelly. That's an interesting one. You don't hear that a lot. So, you know, uh, gold and silver is doing well, but Bitcoin's actually even doing better up over 33%. Looks like it's going to break higher to 10 grand in my view. You buy some Bitcoin. I knew you were going to say Bitcoin. That does it for us here on Fast. Don't go anywhere. Options Action is up next. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.